0: Welcome to Brandon's face everybody I'm Jonathan Beardsley and I'm Brandon May and this is our first album of the year episode for 2022 on this episode Brandon and I will be sharing each of our top five EDM albums of the year before getting into some honorable mentions but before we do all that I want to briefly talk about the genre in 2022 as a whole um 2021 was an incredible year in edm we saw releases from porter robinson flight facilities jungle gaspard alger res zoo boys noise sg lewis and more how do you think this year measures up to last year
1: i don't know man last year really had some some mega releases man you just you just named them and uh this year had some this year had some great releases too man it was just different you know it was it was different
0: i think maybe what this year lacked in big names it made up for in the quality of the albums
1: that we got yeah i like that
0: yeah um i
1: i really don't know
0: what my personal expectations for this year were this genre can be all over the place from year to year so i've come to never expect consistency when it comes to artists releasing albums in this genre but these last two years are showing that that might be a thing of the past now and on paper i wouldn't expect this year to top last and i i don't think it did but it came a lot closer to topping it than i thought it would we not only saw some of the artists i mentioned earlier release new projects already we saw some long dormant artists return to the genre and some up-and-comers release new projects and continue to make a name for themselves so When you look back on this year, what is your thought of the state of EDM in 2022?
1: I think the state of EDM is finally returning to house. I think that we have had in the past decade, we've had a lot of bass music be uh, really prolific. And uh, I think we've had a lot of interesting side projects. And we've talked a little bit about um, we've talked a little bit about uh like uh you know different collaborations with uh with uh, with other bass musicians and i think that we are getting and i think that we're getting a little uh i think that we're getting better with uh, or we're getting a little bit more house music is i guess what i'm trying to say and i personally really like that i do as well
0: man i feel like house is always the root of edm And I don't know if I said the words electronic and dance at all in this podcast yet, (laughs) uh, but maybe I should. For anybody that doesn't know, which I'm sure everyone does, EDM stands for electronic slash dance music. Um, And I say slash because I don't think all electronic music is dance music, and I don't think all dance music is electronic music. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So... A few of our lists this year, I think we we might be conflating some genres. Pop will have a little bit of everything, but this one should be pretty straightforward. With all of that out of the way, man, you ready to get into our lists? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, we will be going from number five to number one with honorable mentions afterwards. First up, we will start with your number five, which is Bob Moses' The Silence in Between. This is their third full-length album and first since their 2020 ep desire which is my least favorite release of theirs this album is significantly significantly better than that ep was and a great listening experience from start to finish how are you feeling about this one this many months later
1: um it actually gets uh played quite a bit when uh uh, when my wife and I are doing some housework, we, uh, I purchased the the vinyl and uh, we, we play it pretty constantly. It didn't show up on my Spotify rap this year because of that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And that is a very Brandon thing. Um, I think Love Brand New is easily one of the best electronic dance songs of the year. But I think that there's some album cuts on that album that are phenomenal. And it might be my favorite project of theirs to date. I just really enjoyed that one a lot.
1: I, you know, I really liked this album. I think um, they do a really good job of defining themselves. Um, I'm going to throw a link to their live set that they did in the show notes here. They did a, I think it was, uh, man, now now I'm trying to think. I think it was either, it was out there outside LA or outside San Diego. They took this old abandoned radio tower and turned it into a multi-level Bob Moses party. And um, it's just them. It's not a bunch of people partying. Or anything like that, but it is a beautiful set. And I watched it again. I want to say a few weeks ago, and fell back in love with this with, with this set because of a the set list, b how much energy they can provide in such uh, subdued house music. And I, I, I really, yeah. I really, really enjoy it, man. And I really enjoy their music. And I uh, I look forward to everything that they do uh, again uh, or in the future. But I uh, have I've really been enjoying the silence between. Yeah, me too, man.
0: Great album. Definitely made me more of a fan if I wasn't already. Uh, Next up, we have my number five, which is Rez's Nightmare on Red Street 2 mix. And I know this one is technically a mix that just happens to be comprised of mostly new and unreleased music, but I am considering it an album. I enjoyed it as much, if not more than some of the albums I have ahead of it. Um, but since it's technically a mix, I'm putting it at five. The run she's been on these past few years has been unreal. And this only adds to her already insane legacy. What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, I really, really liked this album when it came out, man. I don't think it quite hit my top five, but I really liked it, man. You're right. The run she's been on. Uh, these last couple of years have been, has been insane, and I'm I'm really happy for her. I remember remember one of the first singles she ever put out. Uh, I was just I was just entranced. I was like, oh wow, this is some talent. Um, and I think she signed to Mousetrap yeah. for those few, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken, but um, you know that that record label uh, and Joel himself has a really good ear for uh, up and coming talents. So I think uh, whoever that uh, or whatever record label ended up releasing. That, uh that first uh that first single of hers really really helped put her on the map here she's been doing festivals for a long time and she just kills it at every every single one it, yep. it, it's funny almost every single time I look up um like uh reactions to specific festivals uh, Rez always gets mentioned man <laughs> if, of if she's there she gets mentioned in some of the top moments of the of the of the weekend or the festival so and I'm not even surprised even a little bit
0: i would expect no less and uh speaking of the show notes we should definitely throw her set that she did from rez in there she released that on her youtube in full so
1: most definitely
0: everyone should check that out if they have not already all right moving on we have your number four and my number two which is Kavinsky's reborn this was a highly anticipated album for me my wife and i are very big fans of his first album so i not only look forward to his releases to break them down with you but to also enjoy them with her but nine years away had me wondering if we would ever hear new kabinsky again we not only got new music, but we got one of the best albums of the year for any genre for what it's worth. Yep. How are you feeling about this one today?
1: Uh, again, I purchased the vinyl record, right? And in fact, I actually don't play this as much as the Bob Moses one because it kind of puts me in. It, there there are there, there's certain artists that put me in the chair to listen to them. And he's one of them because of just how. J- how much of an atmosphere he creates makes me want to actively listen to it. And this album really, really, really did that, man. It's, it's a, it's a really good record, man. It's a really good album. Yeah. His music
0: has always been great at transporting me to a different place as well. I think he's very good with aesthetic, even in the terms of the packaging, the artwork, the videos, everything he does is very on purpose. And I, I, I appreciate his attention to detail. Right. Um, from there, we can move on to my number four, which is Flume's Palaces, an album I know you do not have on vinyl, Brandon.
1: <laughs> sure don't, won't ever. Uh, <laughs>
0: I know this album can be challenging to get into, but I still maintain that it's a great album. If you're a fan of Flume, which I am, I think uh, (laughs) all three of his full-length albums are fantastic, but they all seem to be a love-it-or-hate-it type of album. I have not met a lot of people who are in the middle when it comes to Flume. I don't think this album is as good as Skin was, but I think it's a worthy entry into his discography and one of the best EDM albums to come out this year which is why i'm putting it at my number 4. Any, any well, thoughts on this? Have you returned to this at all?
1: Uh yeah, i actually listened to it uh i want to say like a month or two ago just to okay. just to just to see if i was crazy. It's funny, like you said it's either a love it or hate it thing and i'm normally not in the not in any of those camps. I think i i think i i have a good enough ear to discern uh what or at least appreciate like our our like our our artistic endeavors like what flume does i i just don't though so (laughs) like i like i've tried man i don't quite get it but you know i'm very happy that you enjoyed it um and i'm happy that he gave you you. a top four album of the year um because uh, i don't know if he had released skin this year it would probably be number one or two for you but maybe two or three possibly but... there's a
0: vince staples feature on
1: skin my friend. <laughs> i know so um, maybe one well I'm, I, I'm just glad that his fans are eating that, that, that that's all that really matters you know yeah
0: yeah i i really like it i think his fan base should be satisfied with this one but i feel like maybe not in this episode but there might be some uh some disagreements we have that i'll be willing to die on a hill for and convincing you to like flume is just not one of them i get it (laughs) i get it man um all right we'll go to your number three pick which is chasing status what came before man this one caught me by surprise when it came out back in june it was not on our schedule of releases to cover but i threw it on anyways and ended up really enjoying it i have not circled back to this one as much as i'd like to but mixed emotions has been in my rotation all year so i was really excited when you put this on your list because it meant I got to revisit it, which I greatly enjoyed. Um, I take it. You've been enjoying this much more than I anticipated. If you have it at number three.
1: Yes. I really liked this album, man. I actually went and revisited it a couple of months ago when I was preparing for this show, uh trying to see, because I remember I rated it pretty highly. I actually went back and listened to our review of it. And I think I gave it an eight. Um And, I think it deserves a nine man. I'm actually gonna move that on up to a nine because it is spectacular, the way the arrangements are, the way the vocal the way the vocals are done, the way it, it's it's just produced and it feels so natural. Um, and that's in my opinion pretty hard to create as a, a drum and bass artist for it to feel natural yeah. and it does he just he, he really they, they, they really they really brought it together on this one man uh w- when did you revisit it recently oh yeah um
0: i revisited it when you sent me your list of your top five for this podcast and i revisited it i want to say when i was putting together an edm playlist like a month or two ago because mixed emotions is always top of my mind when i'm thinking of this year in edm
1: it's a really good track man
0: um, I think that their cover art got nominated for a cover art of the year award. I don't know what publication's doing it, but fuck yeah, that's my type of award. And yes, they deserve it. That's yeah, fantastic. It was
1: really cool, man.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, so many people do that type of cover, the crowd shot, but that is, that's that's art, man. They got it.
1: Yeah, in fact, I and didn't Jid do that this year with the forever story? And I still like Chase's statuses better. Yeah, yeah, no, they they fucking knocked
0: it out of the park, man. They did an excellent job. And I think you're right. I think the more I learn about EDM and what's great and what's not, I agree. This is definitely a nine. This is a it's a five star album for sure. Yes, sir. All right. Let's move on to my number three pick. We have Alice in Wonderland's Loner. Uh, I've really liked her previous two albums, but this is the first one that I've loved. She took some chances on this album and opened up a little bit more on a personal level. I think those risks paid off because the results are incredible. This album is heavy, beautiful, chaotic, and it's not only my favorite album of hers to date, but easily one of the best EDM albums of the year for me.
1: I think you had this one in your honorable mentions, correct? I sure did. I think it might come in at number 6 or 7 if I was really doing a top 10 or something like that, but Yeah. It's
0: it's it is very good. It is very good, and much like Rez, she seems to be a highlight of every festival that she's on.
1: Yeah, um, like l- like I've been saying throughout the throughout the year, because we've really gotten a whole year of Alice in Wonderland when it, whether it be uh, whether it be singles that she was dropping for the album mm-hmm. or the album itself when it came out, really just a few months ago, right? I feel like it was yesterday. Um, it's uh, <laughs> she played around with some textures that people are probably scared to do because they're hard to do. Um, they're hard to make work. Um, and she really made them all work, man. Uh, she did everything was, every, everything was done really well on this album. I'm glad you're enjoying it so much, man.
0: Yeah, man. I am Uh quick side note, checked out that Metro Boomin album today. You want to talk about some textures. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day. Um, all right, let's do your number one pick next, which is Bonobo fragments. This, this was a surprise to see. Tell me about this being your number one pick.
1: I have continuously gone back to this record all fucking year, man. This came out the second week of January. It came the out way. the second week of January. And <laughs> I have I have just consistently returned to it. I think I gave it a seven slash eight when I reviewed it. It is very easily sure. a nine. Uh, it It... Anytime so I get in moods and sometimes I like to match those moods or sometimes when I want to get in moods I will I will put on the music of what I want to feel like. And mm-hmm. I found myself this year wanting to feel serenity uh a lot and bonobos fragments really made it happen for me. Um it is it's a beautiful house record, man. It it seems like it was painstakingly stitched together with these vocals that just are fucking, they're perfect, man. The vocal, the vocal selections and the way that they are presented and structured in the album are just perfect to me. I don't know, man. It just spoke to me and it's uh it was, it, it was, it was kind of, it was between my number two, which we haven't talked about yet. And this one, uh, I, uh, yeah, man, it was a hard choice, but Bonobos <laughs> Fragments, it was my number one album uh, for EDM this year.
0: Easy. Um, you're not alone, man. The Academy seemed to have really liked this one as well. I believe it's nominated for Electronic Dance Album of the Year, and I believe Rosewood is nominated for Recording of the Year, which. Well- you were speaking to the vocal arrangements, man. The musical arrangements on this whole oh, album are true. just as beautiful as the vocal one. Very drink if, drink if we say beautiful during this album review. <laughs> um, this is a very beautiful album. It's It's very quiet and subdued in a genre that is so often very loud, and I really enjoyed my time with it. And I would recommend it to any of our listeners who are fans of this genre. He is 22 years and seven albums into his career, and he still sounds excellent. So yes. props to Bonobo.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it sucks that he's not going to win the uh, electronic dance record of the year. Oh, Beyonce's sweeping that. Because Beyonce is going to take it, and that just doesn't make uh, – it just bothers me like a lot, but – uh, this should win it, and I hope he and I hope he gets the I hope he gets the record of the year for for, for Rosewood because um, he deserves he deserves some recognition for this one because it was uh, beautiful. Did <laughs> Black Coffee win last year?
0: Oh last man, year? I'll, I'll have to look at it. We'll do that another time. I think Black Coffee has won in the past, so I don't think his path I to think... winning is impossible, but. It's going to be tough, man. I, it, I could easily see Beyonce sweeping all of the categories she's in.
1: Black Coffee might also win a Grammy this year for Honestly, Nevermind, because it was a apparently... Oh, that's right. <laughs> but, he would um... get, yeah, a, a credit Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Not like a real one, but he'd, he'd be able to- Not a real a one. Not <laughs> one of the ones Kanye peed on. Or should... Not one of the ones redacted peed on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, it's- uh, I, I think Black Coffee did win last year, and- simultaneous was a great album so i think that was my number one edm album last year too
0: it was uh there was an usher verse on that album or song so (laughs) i don't blame you buddy (laughs) (laughs) all right man we'll finish off our top five list with my pick for number one edm album of the year or albums and your pick for number two which is royxop's profound mysteries i'm gonna say one but we're gonna talk about the whole trilogy okay <laughs> uh this this has been my my edm album of the year since its release back in april uh the konvinsky and alice in wonderland albums were very strong contenders but after re-listening to all of these for the podcast this is still without question my favorite edm album of the year and although the first entry in the series is my favorite. I'm including the entire trilogy as my number one pick because that's a collective work of art. This trilogy of albums is absolutely incredible. I've revisited it as recently as yesterday, and (laughs) there are songs on each of them that could be EDM song of the year. It's incredible. They deserve all of the credit for this man. And I think they they more than earn this number one spot and number two spot on yours.
1: How are you feeling about these albums? Imagine sitting down and saying, you know what? I think I'm going to create profound mysteries. It just, it, it, it's such a piece of art that. I mean, talk about talk about musical arrangements, man. I mean, they they, they know how to Good do Lord. it, right? Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you there, buddy. I, th- I know that number one is it for you, but God, man, number two just spoke to me, um, and number three was great also. But uh, I, I think it, I think for me, it goes two one three, um, okay. as far as as far as order for the Profound Mysteries trilogy. There's no um, wrong order. No, no, not at all. But it, it's it's so crazy to me that. They decided that they were just going to create the beautiful trilogy of just ethereal EDM music and just sweep a bunch of categories. I mean, it, th- this was th- this was a tough choice between this and Bonobo for me. But I, I, I think I had I, maybe I just had more time with Bonobo, but, uh, you, you know, but yeah, man. I, uh, well,
0: the good thing is I picked it, so you get to talk about it anyway. There we
1: go. Yeah, uh, I I really like this album, man. I think it deserves all of the flowers it's gonna get. Um, I think I, I'm is it this isn't nominated for anything, although it sure fucking should be.
0: It is not. I don't know if they were waiting until the trilogy was complete to submit for next year, or if they submitted and just weren't considered. I'm not sure what happened there, but I agree. Easily should have been. Easily. Um, visually too, we were, we were very big on the, the aesthetic that they locked in on for this weird fucking, what what were we calling it? Alien insects or. Yeah.
1: Well, it's one of those things where you look at it, the more, the more you look at it, the less it makes sense, but the more beautiful it is at the same time. Um, the artwork was great down from even the singles, even the singles had individual artwork. It was really wild, Mm -hmm. man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they fucking went the extra mile for this. We appreciated it. And it gets the top spot on my list. Yes. You ready to talk about some honorable mentions that didn't make our list?
1: Yeah, man. Let's go.
0: Okay, man. Uh, we're going to run through these in no particular order. Um, first up, let's go Atlas. Carry it with you. You want? You threw this one on your honorable mentions. How are you feeling about it now?
1: Uh, I, li- I like this album. Um, it was... One of those where I it's funny, I, I, I did go back to this album a few a few times this year. Um, mm-hmm. But anytime I wanted to feel the serenity, I kept going back to Bonobo. I would listen to half this album and then I'd be like, you know what? This isn't the vibe. Nah. And and I know you didn't like this record, but I, I, I did, man. I thought it was really good. I, I've really I've always liked Atlas's productions. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I think that Atlas deserved an honorable mention.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think that this is an album we felt very differently about when we reviewed it. I've warmed up to it a little bit, but I still don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as you did. I will say Waterbug is a phenomenal track though.
1: That is true.
0: Um next up, let's talk about Fred again.. Actual Life 3. This this album was not the the boiler room bangers we were hoping for but it turned out to be a really good album without any of that and i haven't had enough time away from this one to really know how it's going to age with me but i thought it was worth mentioning how are you feeling about this one have you gone back to it
1: uh yeah i've gone back to it once or twice but it it it's it's one of those that i think it's worth mentioning just because i think we do have a really good talent on our hands um mm-hmm. with with fred again uh i think i like him uh, more as a live full set artist rather than a project album or single artist um but that is okay um i think this album was great um i think it's it's funny i saw somebody post on on reddit today uh i don't get the hype around fred again and i, I was the same way all year man i was i was eh, or this is great or eh you know yeah it's uh it it, it he he's funny like that but there's no doubt nobody can ever say this this kid's not talented you know
0: no he's a you don't get it until you do type of artist yeah. and when you do man it, it's a beautiful thing
1: yep i agree
0: all right another one we both had on our honorable mentions lane eight's reviver i feel like i was a little hard on this one when it dropped i think i gave it a positive review but it's great and my review should have reflected that Also, What Have You Done To Me is a perfect song. Right. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) still not good enough to crack my top five, but shout out Lane 8, Reviver. You
1: still listening to this one? Oh, yeah. I like Lane 8, man. I like this album. It's not my favorite of his, I think. I think my favorite of his is still going to be Brightest Lights, followed very closely by Little by Little, which I think is more of an EP, but it is what it is. Um, Favorite release. Yeah. uh, This is a a really good album, man. Um, You know, I I wanted to shout out to Lane 8 for a second. As soon as the pandemic started and everybody locked down, um, I don't know if you follow him on the socials, but I was on the socials back when everything first locked down. And Mm -hmm. uh, he was doing a live set a week. He was just, here's my living room. I'm going to put the CDJ up and my wife doesn't really like it, but you all need some music and was just playing. He even had some like technical difficulties on the first one that I tried to tune into, but it was, it was cool that he was, he was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. We all need love and music and house music right now. And, and really did it, man.
0: He, uh, him and David Guetta remixing Martin Luther King, saved the U S <laughs> during the pandemic, man. That's all we need. That's <laughs> all we needed. That's all we needed dude david getta ended racism
1: that's he fucking sure crazy he's sure with did. the worst drop of all time can you believe it man who would have thought it would have been david getta
0: from nondescript city rooftop
1: um, <laughs> i'm gonna throw that or, in the show notes for anybody that doesn't understand what we're talking about we're not gonna address it on the air though should we throw the british kids
0: dancing to drum and bass in the show notes?
1: absolutely too? absolutely <laughs>
0: All right, man, let's move on. Next up, we got Swedish House Mafia's Paradise again. Um, I threw this one on here. This is this is a good but disappointing album. I don't think either of us thought it would be a seminal release in the genre, but it fell short of whatever expectations I had for it. That said, every time I've circled back to it or a song from It Shuffles On, it's a lot better than I remember it being when we reviewed it back in April.
1: Have, have any of these songs come back across your... Uh, your ears since we checked it out look man i have not revisited the full debut swedish house mafia record again i have i've gone i've gone past i've gone through with uh, <laughs> With, debut. with a, that's what it's that's what it is right like, um, it took me a second it's, um i have is. not i uh, the weekend song is great <laughs> Um, And that's 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 really all that uh, I care about, to be honest with you. It was a pretty big letdown for me. And uh, I think it's I think it's worth talking about at the end of the year for the genre as a whole. But I don't think that their comeback was exactly what anybody really expected or wanted. So. Should they
0: add Salvatore Ganache as a fourth member to just spice things up at this point? You
1: know what? Fuck it. I liked his album a lot better than I liked the Sweetest House
0: record, So Yeah, you know what? Sub this. Take this album off. We're going to say check out Salvatore <laughs> Ganache's Culturally Appropriate. That's a banger of an album that we reviewed on last week's episode. You should check that out as well. Sure did. Um, all right. My last honorable mention, I believe it was on your list, too. And I believe you have the vinyl for this one. Tin Liquors in Another <laughs> Lifetime. Am I right? Yes, you are correct. It's gorgeous artwork. So even if the music on this was trash, you'd at least be able to, have to display it on your wall. Good thing it's not. It's a great album, man. Um, this is another one I wasn't really crazy about when it dropped, but it has grown on me with each subsequent listen. It's a good album. It's. It's still not in my top five, but I think it was definitely an honorable mention. Very good album. Any extra thoughts on this one?
1: No, but I do have an extra thought on Tin Liquor. One of my favorite memories, uh, one of my favorite embarrassing memories is I had left work, was on my way home, was bumping some Tin Liquor. I think this was like two years ago. Um, and I was just bumping some, and I was just getting into it, man. I was in my car. I was bopping my head. I was at a red light. My eyes were closed, you know, it's just, I was just fucking getting it. Right. And mm-hmm. then I look up and one of my, one of my coworkers is sitting right there, is sitting right at the red <laughs> light, just busting up. Oh man. It was great. Shout out to tin liquor. Thanks for You were just me living notes. your truth, Brandon. Hey, straight up.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into a few EPs worth mentioning. Um, I picked two for us to talk about. We have Zoo's Musical Chairs Mixtape Volume One. This EP isn't as good as an album, so it might not fit perfectly into this category the way we imagined it, but I thought it was worth mentioning. It was a surprise release back in June, and it's an uneven release at best. The first two tracks on it are really good, the middle three are okay, and the last three or the last two are among his worst, in my opinion. But everything he does is so uniquely him that it's hard not to keep paying attention to his releases because he's still capable of making great music i thought there was some of that on here not enough
1: but i'm still intrigued in the zoo project are you oh absolutely i'm i i like zoo man uh, seen you him bought season tickets uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know man I, I'll agree with you those last two tracks On the EP were some of his worst But you know even, even great artists Have bad songs I think every once in a while And um, yeah man I I, I like his music, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be returning too much to this. I actually listened to the Night Day today, so as um, you should. Yeah, just, just randomly, just <laughs> randomly, somebody mentioned house music online, and I was like, you know what? I haven't listened to in a long time, and. Need, need, needed some cocaine, model, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. That <laughs> song
0: is so big. I think he posted a video like a few months ago of him performing it live, and he just dropped the beat, and the whole crowd just sang the entire song.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it has 80 million hits on on Spotify. Maybe I'm lying a to fantastic you. Fantastic. Maybe maybe, maybe it's just eight million. Now now I got to see.
0: Do you feel like it's it is 87 billion hits? Do you feel like it's a slept on or overlooked song because of faded?
1: uh a, a little bit actually even though it's his top song on Spotify right now it still has uh, what is that that is uh 100 million less hits 200 million less hits than than faded does yeah. and faded's <laughs> a great song don't get me wrong uh and the 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 year it came out everybody every dj in the world that any festival was dropping it like they made it but yeah, um, it was
0: animals it was levels it was yeah, all of them yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but i think cocaine model man that that that's the track dude that's a jam
0: my favorite to no surprise of anybody is Testerosa music <laughs> featuring galant <laughs> yep oh and the genesis series man i hope we get another genesis series next year give us that zoo wasn't, Give the fans genesis series 2 wasn't I think he that teased the... it right
1: uh he did at one point and then we got fucking nothing he's very cryptic that zoo when he's not selling 80 dollars sandals he's very cryptic <laughs> um isn't isn't that the track that introduced you to gallant and, and yes. started started your your uh your uh what, what's the word i'm looking for fandom of gallant
0: that that's putting it mildly but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say love yeah. affair but you know uh for anybody that does not know galant is my favorite artist right now of any genre and has been probably since 2016 probably since that since since that dropped right he he is the best man i fucking love galant um but (laughs) we are not here today to talk about galant we got one more ep i want to talk to you about and that is spore's cave we had to have a little more drum and bass on this playlist had to uh yeah, man, it, it's safe to say that the first EP Spore released on Mousetrap lived up to the hype. <laughs> I think I speak for both of us when I say that I just wish we got a little bit more of it. You know, all four songs were great. I just wish we were talking about this one in our albums of the year instead of
1: EPs of the year.
0: When's the last time you checked this one out? Uh,
1: I, I, about a month ago. Um, I, I think that Spore doesn't make John Gooch any money. I think feed me makes money, and I think that spore is really a passion project, and I think that really does shine through in the music. I mean, shit, I, I returned to, I returned to Caligo at least once a year. No oh, uh, spore's great. album, yeah. and mm-hmm. man, just it's just beautiful music, man. It's just it's just so good. Um, I, I if it was a full album, it would probably be my top of the top of the album leaderboard. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, I I agree. It would have been up there with Jason's status. Um, before we get into our next category, which is Remix of the Year, I have a little category that I am just going to improvise on the spot. And that's kind of disappointing albums. Um, first one that's coming to mind for me is Odessa. <laughs> is there any other big EDM album that came out? The Glitch Mob. Glitch yeah, Mob's was, another one. I was
1: just going to say the Glitch Mob, man. It was, yeah. it was a little weird. Um, I think uh, the most disappointing the the most disappointing release was Matt Lange's dichotomy. Is that what it is? Dichotomy? Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: honestly, I was surprised to not see that on your honorable mentions. I was like, oh, but Brandon's for sure going to throw Matt Lange on there. I I haven't revisited it.
1: I haven't revisited it because of how terrible that rollout was. So. Yeah,
0: it did itself no favors.
1: Uh, But I, I, I now know why he did that. Tell me. He was releasing these songs and then releasing a breakdown of how he made them on YouTube for each track until he finished the album. And they're in-depth Pro Tool Logic and FL Studio-like breakdowns of how he made the music which is fascinating. He gets real nerdy about it and I I'm a big fan of that. I have not watched all of them. I watched one or two of them and I was like, wow, it is 2 hours a song here. Like it's yeah. it's actually pretty impressive. So I'll throw one of those in the show. Awesome. Notes.
0: Um I'm a big fan of that when when artists do that. Disclosure does that a lot too. They'll break down how they make all their songs on YouTube and shit. And it's always really interesting to see them talk about like the insanely nerdy shit of making music you know either there was this one you go
1: yeah there's this one moment where matt's just he's just talking and he's like all right so for this part what i really wanted to do was i really wanted to take this guitar and flip it around and so he just breaks out his guitar records a little fucking lick throws it on the computer and like flips it upside down and he plays the guitar backwards on on his on his pro tools and he's like all right so then we just add a little bit of reverb and a little bit of bass and i was just like holy shit man this sounds incredible like there's, this man this man's a genius yeah no he's a great artist he just it's not a great album and that was
0: the issue but um we will continue to follow and support matt lange on this podcast yes, yes,
1: for sure will. all right let's get into remixes of the year oh i have uh, one more disappointing oh, uh, dance please. music. Dan- please hit me the, the most disappointing dance music album to me was beyonce Oh, my
0: God. You really want to do this here?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I, don't. I just really, do really wanted to make the joke because it's not a dance record.
0: Is, that one will be on our Pop Albums <laughs> episode. We'll be talking about that there. I agree. It is not a dance record, but that is where the industry is, my friend. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's all about what category you submit to to have the best shot at taking home the most hardware, is it not? I mean, I guess yeah no I'm I'm not saying how it should be <laughs> I'm saying how it is
1: <laughs> very uh,
0: true but all right man let's move on to remixes of the year here I curated a few for us and let's let's start by giving the guy some credit Matt Lange Ordinary <laughs> Love The Crystal Method remix this one came out of fucking nowhere and it was a banger I still love this one I I'm kind of bummed there was nothing this good on The Crystal Method album we I reviewed know, right or the Matt Lange album, dude. I don't think "Ordinary <laughs> Love" made it on there, even the original version, which was my favorite release of his this year. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Matt Lange. Any thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. It was a fucking banger from two artists that are very known, very well known for making some bangers. So,
0: yeah. Um. Next up, we got another fucking banger. These are all gonna be bangers. Uh,
1: Sam Smith and Kim Petras, unholy.
0: The Disclosure remix, because only Disclosure could have made me like that song. I, I, I think I said it was okay when we reviewed it. I quickly grew to hate it. And then I heard this and I was like, oh, yeah, that that fixed it. Yep. <laughs> um, Disclosure and Sam Smith. Uh, please get married, have a throuple, because right? this this music is incredible. Have you checked this one out again recently?
1: Uh, not 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 terribly re- not like in the last week or two, but it it's been it's been coming in, it's been coming up on my Spotify pretty recently or pretty pretty often. And I mean, dude, it's it's so much better than the original man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they, it's, they it's, killed it it should have been it's the like original. disclosure
1: has like a button that they just press fix and then sam Smith voice and, and 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 the the music is just like oh it's so much better now
0: it's that machine that um stan's dad uses on south park to turn into lord <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah all right all right man let's talk about that one will be your one. So let's talk about this one. We got Kylie Minogue "Can't Get You Out of My Head" the Peggy Gow remix. This one I was very surprised to see pop up, and even more surprised at how fucking mind-blowingly awesome it was. <laughs> Peggy's a a big favorite of ours here on the podcast, and I think she killed it with this one. What are your
1: thoughts on it? We didn't need another remix of it, but boy did I did boy did I not know we wanted it. Yep. <laughs> you know yeah. you. You don't want
0: another remix of it. If it's going to be the best remix of it. Sure, (laughs) Right? exactly. Um, All right, man. Next up, we will talk about one of both of our favorites. This is Lizzo about damn time. The purple disco machine remix. This is nominated for a Grammy for this recording specifically, which is insane. Good for purple disco machine. I've been loving this one and I did not know. But you've been loving this one a lot more. It's your remix of the year.
1: It sure is, man. This is a this is a straight up banger.
0: It is. It is. I, I kind of hope that they work together a lot more, like on an official capacity instead of a remix capacity in the future. Right. Um, my remix of the year is The Weeknd's How Do I Make You Love Me? It's the Ingrosso and Ganache remix. Uh this one. I had never heard of Salvatore Ganache before this remix. And I quickly hit the follow button like five seconds into it. The bass on this song is fucking incredible. It, I don't know, man, this one just something about it. Every time I go back, I'm like, it's so simple. Like I don't know what it is that keeps me coming back to it, but it's so infectious. And I think it's really just the tone of it. It's all mixed perfectly. It's sequenced, it moves at the right tempo. It's just a great remix, and that is why it is my remix of the year. Any thoughts on this one? It's really good. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs>
1: That's it. It's, it's very good, man. It's very good.
0: Yeah, no, that one's fucking awesome. I recommend you guys check out all five of those songs. Um, they are fantastic, and I think all five are on our playlist right now. It is they the sure best are. EDM songs of the year. We will be archiving this as our best EDM songs of the year playlist. So be sure to follow along with that if you want to revisit it at any
1: point. So I have, before we end this podcast, John, I have a audible to throw at you here. Who do you think are headliner worthy acts in the EDM scene right now?
0: Headliner worthy. What are we talking about? What size festival? festival?
1: Let's call it an insomniac festival. That's not EDC.
0: Okay um so maybe a notch below like an ultra yeah um do you think i think porter okay i think res all right i think in two years sg lewis and purple disco machine nice flight facilities overseas maybe maybe uh it's tough though man to headline a festival and be what they're investing in like yeah it's you you want a swedish house or something like that but you're if you're hinting that there's not a lot of household names in edm
1: right now i think you are correct that's kind of what i'm hinting at i i did a little experiment here um when i was kind of uh looking looking into the state of edm uh as a whole and looking at uh looking at uh, Escape. I looked at Escape from Wonderland this year. I don't even think it's called. I think it's called Escape Halloween nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. Happened in Southern California in San Bernardino. The headliners are Tiesto still. It's just been mm-hmm. Tiesto for 30 fucking years. That, it doesn't make sense to me. You we're having
0: it? trouble creating new stars in every genre and i didn't really think about it in edm until now but you're right it's still tiesto above and beyond Armin, and dead mouse cascade they're still the guys you know
1: yeah like I mean... they are
0: still the top of the top in terms of the numbers they do their weekly shows have a lot to do with that
1: that's true but, that's true
0: um but yeah man like you see footage from rez's shows like she's She's there. She, she, she can definitely do it is there,
1: but will she draw the crowd? Question mark. Is I mean, really Porter the, created
0: his own festival and because, it sells out every year. So yes, he, he can easily do that. Um, but yeah, so, there's, there's, there's a need for another guy to ascend to that top level. And it has to be more than like a big remix that they did or a big single or a big production for a pop star. Like, like io blew up after like the violence and grimes and all of that Mm. stuff but like that wouldn't sustain him you know like he had to make other music to to do that and he was starting to do that sadly didn't get the chance to keep doing it but like i can't imagine io headlining a major festival you know based on that success and that was a big majorly successful song so i, I mean i, I don't guess know, who man, would you put
1: i think i think the i think tiesto hasn't done anything interesting since 2009's kaleidoscope and somebody can tell me i'm wrong for that but, he also um, has an album coming out next year it's probably gonna be really generic um Oh, <laughs> we'll let you know when we review it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, the, the, and I think Insomniac as a festival does a really good job at this. They don't put the logos on their lineup posters, they don't even put them in headline or subheadline or undercard format. They do them all. Here's the alphabetical list of the artists that, that, that were, you know, that, that are going to be here at our festival. I think Insomniac does a really good job at that. But I mean, it, at just this festival, it was Tiesto, Eric Pritz, Marshmello, De Oro, um, Martin Garrix, and Alesso. It's the same people that play the Vegas clubs. It's the same people that play the Vegas clubs. It's the same people that have been headlining festivals for uh, at least a decade now. I mean, Eric Priz has been making music since the late 90s. Tiesto has been making music since the late 90s. Uh, Marshmallow was on Fortnite. So, I mean, I guess I get that for the younger crowd. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It just, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. Well, it's it's such a niche genre. It hit that
0: mainstream peak where we were, when it, at Coachella, you would see Swedish House and Cascade and Tiesto on the main stage. But I think for the most part, with a few exceptions, that's over because artists that can draw 60,000, 80,000 like an excision, they don't need to go to your festival like they just put their own show on now. And like Eric prides, like he has his own fucking internal lighting sound like everything is his. Like you're not offering him much other than a venue at that point you know yeah
1: he's doing his hollow at uh, ultra which i think is pretty neat he was just booked for the yeah the holo i saw show. that um it just it, it i don't know i guess it rubs me the wrong way i think the chemical brothers are still headliners they've been doing it for 30 yep. years yeah um, but at least they do something interesting every other year uh, i mean they put out no geography in 2019 and uh, that was a, f- a fantastic record tiesto did yeah. not. Um, nor did nor did Prids, to be completely honest with you. I'm more I'm more I'm more impressed with his cerez D. Um but I I thought it was an interesting uh thought experiment here. I got one more for you. Let's go.
0: And this is kind of a heat check as to where they are now. If Justice was announced as the headliner of a major festival, what do you think the reaction would be?
1: Overwhelmingly would people- positive.
0: You don't think younger people would be disappointed by that? Like, you don't think that they're not relevant enough to, like, the
1: younger crowd? That, that I think, is a problem. However, I think that if they were to be booked, yo- the, younger, the younger people are more open to exploring sure. more, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think if Justice headlined a major festival, and it wouldn't be an Insomniac <laughs> festival, it would be like a indie kids festival i think um but i, I yeah I, I don't know i think i think justice are up there um i honestly i honestly think odessa is still right there even though they put out a crappy album this year i think the, their I live think,
0: show is still their live show it's incredible yep. man
1: it, it really yeah. is incredible um i mean we want we all watched swedish house mafia's closing headlining set at coachella did you think that that was a headlining set no, nah, I mean, it was like that. That's I mean, categorically, ten, it was a headlining set, it
0: was set, a but... dated headlining set, to be honest with you. It was a very, like, I this, agree. This would have been cool 10 years ago. It's not very cool now.
1: I don't know. I just wanted a cool, I just wanted to I go liked it, experiment. Man. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Um, I we don't have any more categories per se, but I do want to look ahead to next year and. Kind of go over our most anticipated albums for next year within the genre we don't have a lot of candidates to talk about here i looked over the calendar for next year and the only upcoming releases in the genre i saw confirmed so far is sg lewis coming out in january and tiesto coming out in february um i'm excited for sg lewis i am we will check out the tiesto album i know you feel probably the same way uh obviously sg lewis could end up being album of the year in the genre next year but are there any other artists who haven't announced albums next
1: year that you're hoping we see the chemical brothers i have a feeling they're going to tour the united states i have a feeling they're going to be at coachella and that probably means that there's a new uh record coming out Ooh,
0: i mean a new chemical brothers record would be great um
1: maybe a k5 album I mean we're definitely gonna get something, right? I mean it's it's I think it's more than an EP at this point, right? We've I'd love to, four songs. I'd love so, to hopefully. see I'd love to see a, a K five album, a Cascade album, and a Dead Mouse album. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, um do we think Justice has anything else up their sleeve? Or do we do we think that it they're it seems done? like
0: Gaspard's busy, I would imagine that they have been working on some stuff yeah i i wouldn't say that's out of the question no when was our last album
1: 2016 women were woman yeah yeah.
0: 2016 so yeah they're due i got Uh, one for you which you're going to be kind of
1: weird about skrillex
0: Yeah. Skrillex.
1: yeah i love how you say it. i'm gonna be kind of weird about it because i'm i did i really <laughs> didn't like recess man i think that yeah. my na- i <laughs> think that i still think that my name is skrillex is the best thing he's put out even though i really enjoyed. it i scary didn't like
0: monsters. that or the the jack U album um it's it's uh my name is skrillex scary monsters banger ring that is the skrillex you and i like correct you know bonded over and are still fans of to this day but all previews of his newer music have been fantastic. Yes. Uh, it seems like we're at least going to get rumble in the next month or two, which thank fucking God.
1: Yep. Um, I don't know. Anybody else you can think of? Hmm. Uh, you know, we just got a Spore EP. We just got a Feed Me album last year. Um, yeah. Uh, is Disclosure due?
0: they released one in 2020 they did energy but they're such a high output group i wouldn't doubt it since then they've released waterfall which is excellent and right. they've released um that song with zed that i was not crazy about it had like a fucking sentence for the title but right uh yeah i could see them doing another one but i think that those are the main ones i got an up and coming one for you and that's cloud with a k this is an album can. I have been checking out a lot lately. They released an album in 2020 called Autonomy that I've had on repeat lately. Um I don't think we've talked about it.
1: No, I don't but, think so.
0: Uh I would really like to see more from him, them. It I think we're headed towards a new Lastlings album as well.
1: Nice. I really At like Lastlings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they
1: I, are fantastic. I'm trying to think if there's any others that I can think of. Um nothing off nothing really off the top of my head here man uh i mean we've gotten some really great electronic albums over the last few years and um i think uh i think we're gonna i mean i still listen to nurture often you know like same same um, well
0: i mean that's the thing is we're so used to having to wait five to ten years for any artist in edm to release an actual new full-length album it doesn't have to be that way. Porter right. could release an album every 2 to 3 years. It doesn't have to be a 7-year process, you know? So, yeah. I feel like more than being surprised by a long dormant artist, we should just hope for higher output as long as the quality maintains.
1: Of course, yeah. I mean, when did when did uh when did Polarity came out from Boys Noise? Was that last year?
0: That was last year. Yeah. Yep. I mean, last year was insane. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, man. This year was fun, too. Looking back, man, uh, not not quite as good, but some some real winners that will be in our rotation and that you and I will be talking about for years to come. Yeah, man. Um, I agree. Yeah, dude. This was fun. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week to talk about our favorite pop albums of the year. If you want more Brandon's Face content, you can find us on all major podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram and Reddit. Just search Brandon's face. Give us a follow. Say hi. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.